I want to see connection. We're connected. Here comes some music, and we'll get this thing going right now. After for ushering us into another two hours together here at the Radio Ranch, Roger says your host is the Tuesday edition, and the date today is the sixth. Excuse me, the sixth month, I guess, the fourteenth day of the twenty second two o two two year. And uh, here we go at the Radio Ranch. Glad to have you along. Got a board full of folks, and get this volume turned down so that doesn't bite me on the rear end at the end of the show here comes in too hot so uh good morning all you guys let's see but we were just talking a little bit as we're going on the air and there's a females going hey hey just as we're about to hit the play button so let's hey hey hi hey hey how are you but now you don't want it was myrrh oh okay i didn't recognize myrrh's voice myrrh still hadn't got her voice back totally hey myrrh what'd you have hey (laughs) yeah i went into the uh controls there and uh uh took off uh, sound for incoming message i think that was the heavy breather noise we get uh, you know think the the breathing noise oh don't tell me this you idiots update i'm gonna update you i'd like to update bill gates right straight to someplace real hot and real dry um okay you went into jitsi and messed with an incoming message well is an incoming message the same as a chat yeah, it, it, the sound for it. The sound for it was clicked on. So oh, it I was? Okay, well, good. Well, okay. Well, so some of the audience That's hears those. The change I made, so there's other changes, but let's okay. see. Um, let's send a message. Let's see if we get any heavy breathing. No, yeah, well, so did, did, no, no breathing. Did you get an emoticon in there, too? Put an emoticon yeah, in yeah. it and see if it'll, it gives us noise. Well, it doesn't do emoticons except for the hands raised thing. That's the loud emoticon noise. So people just it need is. To at that. No, there was a noise right there. That was it. Somebody put up a hand raised. That's a hand. That's a hand raised signal. Yeah, it's an emoticon, but yeah, little yellow box with a hand raised in it by the name. Okay, well, listen, y'all that want to do that, I appreciate your uh, your courtesy and stuff, but I've got bad eyes. There's a whole bunch of people on this board way out of the the frame of my screen. I can't scroll down. Uh, I'm on a portable, which even makes it more difficult, and, and I try and concentrate 100% on the show when I'm on the air with you guys. Okay, I, I don't drift off. I don't go look at chats. I don't, you know, sit here and scratch my butt. I don't do any of that stuff. I concentrate 100% on what we're talking about and, 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 and trying to take us where we need to go from whatever subject we're on at the moment. So uh, you, what I want you to do is put your courtesy, check a little bit of it at the door and just like open your mic and go, hey, Roger, that's the way to get my attention and to get into the forum here. So welcome, everybody. So what, Mer? Uh, Paul pointed out, I guess it was in an after show one day that, you know, wearing headphones, those noises are especially irritating, you know, so, and you do wear headphones, and so. Well, I wear earbuds, but same thing, okay, so, anyway, yeah, well, it's just, you know, the, what I, I'm a radio guy, I started in radio when I was in my early 20s, okay, spinning the hits in Panama City, Florida at WDLP, 
10, what it was, 6, 590. 590 on the dial, real good dial position, you know, low dial position everybody wants. And uh, so I've been around radio a long time, and uh, uh, I understand it's the theater of the mind. And so anything that distracts you from what we're talking about, even momentarily, distracts from what we're trying to accomplish here. Okay, And as complex as this stuff is for some folks, not everybody, it's confusing to everybody at first, obviously, but some people have a little more harder time with it than others, is uh, I want you to concentrate on what we're saying here and the distraction, and that's what the mute things are open, and and, and all, all the you know other distractions there just take away from the message and your understanding, and you're concentrating on what we're saying, too. So that's part of the method to my madness there, Murph. Yeah. You know, and I have um, uh, figured out the hotkey on my computer, so I have it muted here, <clears throat> even though it looks like it's uh, open. You know, right now it is open. <clears throat> but um, so if anybody wants to mute my mic just to. What is the it. what is the hotkey on the computer that, that mutes? Uh, on mine anyway, it's F4. Oh, it's one of the F keys. Okay. All right. But um, with this computer, apparently there were a lot of things, F key or hotkeys that weren't working. And so, you know, whenever you got a problem like that, just go search out on the web uh, forums on your product and troubleshoot it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that's the story on the little Jitsi board. And as we were talking about, the reason we do this with all the, and we don't have too many technical problems here the last uh, you know, a couple of years, we were having a lot more of them at first. And because uh, the way Paul's got this set up and the, the advantage we have over a lot of these other guys is we can do these, these programs and this network on a shoestring. And these other guys can't. They got all these huge overheads. And I mean, how many how many employees does Alex have? Seventy. Have I heard him say that? He's got a huge number of employees, okay? Got huge internet bills and, and bandwidth bills and all the other things and salaries and all the crap because they're still in the system, obviously, all the crap they got to pay the federal government and all. Oh, well, that's a that's a heck of a, a, an Achilles heel for you, and that's what they've gone after, you know, is advertisers. And so fortunately for Alex and them, they've been able to hold the line, and he's got a lot of listeners, and they're, uh, you know, basically supported him. I heard somebody gave him a, one or two million dollars in bitcoin recently did y'all hear that anonymous donor okay and so uh we don't have to deal with that i'm not always on here begging you guys for money oh please please we gotta pay the light bill we don't it's, it doesn't take hardly anything to run this except we all got to use all these several different types of software freeware that allow us to do it and those have to interconnect and sync perfectly and any switch that gets out of line in two or three of these software programs that all work together hand in glove you got problems and then you got to go back and troubleshoot that and that's where the problem for me is okay so anyway um thank goodness for paul english i don't know whether y'all know it paul spent Paul spent the better half of a year and a half looking online, doing exactly what Murr's talking about, searching out, finding software, figuring out how these things work, reading highly technical manuals. One of the main ones that we have here, and just getting off on a tangent a little bit at the start here, is a mixing board. And so on our computers, we got a mixing board that looks like a small mixing board compared to, but if you've seen pictures inside a recording studio, 
where you've seen all the slide pots and all the knobs and all the different channels and all that stuff well that's what we got here running this running this thing okay because everything all the other software ties into that board and so it, it, it's complex okay it is for me anyway it throws me for a loop so um that's why we can do what we do and that gives us certain advantages and then again it's at times it can be disadvantageous but all in all we do it pretty well i'm pretty sure that's the way paul's got the other uh the new network he set up over there talk free speak free whatever it is so speak free radio yeah. dot com isn't that it more speak free radio dot com yeah. nice and got a nice website and all that stuff and a little bit more uh, he's done it three times now so on that effort he's had a lot of the details he you know dealt with easier because he didn't have to deal with them on the first two so or he knew how to deal with them so anyway well, I know you're a folk what's the other one speak free oh my people's patriot network was the other one. Oh yeah 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 and see what happened with us is we had our own channel too and i was i thought well i mean we'll get you know to at least 12 hours of original programming a day and we'll just flip it you know and we'll have a few weekend programs and we ought to have a schedule i, I couldn't get anybody that wanted to commit to do this you know jim ram was one and and dj was another and dj did it for a while and then it's so busy she couldn't handle it anymore it's just me and jim you can't run a network on two shows and nobody else wanted to do the commitment and 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 do what it takes to run one of these be there every day or on a regular basis and whatever and do it you know so at some point there was a software glitch in the software that set the whole thing up on the server and rather than go in and try and troubleshoot in that whole maze of software of the running operating system for the server uh there was only two people we just folded there i was already being simulcast on eurofolk i think jim was too we just moved everything over eurofolk and, and let that go along the wayside nobody wanted to participate anyway so here we are so that answers that question Mark. I mean, I tried to get all kinds of people to have programs. I never could get anybody to do it or make a commitment. And then you got all this software, and a lot, some people are completely uh, functionally illiterate on the computer, and they got to get through all that and just one problem after another. And I just said, to hell with it, you know. I mean, uh, I didn't, at my age, I'm going to concentrate on our project here. I'm not going to try and build some network of people that don't want to work at it, you know. Uh, so anyway, that's where we are, and, and uh, a little bit of background for the newer folks. Thank you. And you're welcome. Uh, thank you, Mur, and everybody. So uh, let's see, boy, where do you start this morning? Um, I guess I want to start on uh, the uh, guest appearance of Mike Adams on Alex yesterday. Did anybody see that three hours? No, I did not. Nobody watched Mike Adams sit in for Alex yesterday? No, I watched Chamish, though. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Chamish, too. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Mike Adams had a hell of a show yesterday. He brought his whole or part of his lab over on, live on the air, uh, his microscope, and they went into, they had a uh, embalmer that's pulling these quote-unquote blood clots that aren't blood clots out of deceased people's bodies he's not pulling he's pulling out some of them but the way evidently you embalm is you go into one of the main uh, arteries and you start pushing in embalming fluid and it pushes blood out another artery you know and so what's coming out of the exit arteries are all of these things that they call blood clots that aren't blood clots at all they don't know what the hell they are they're proteins that are conglomerated some of them is as big they had one on the sh- on the show yesterday i'm not kidding you now as big as your little finger and it was stuck in a car artery it's 
Toronto, uh, and the, the guy that was embalming it couldn't get the embalming fluid in. He had to go searching for the blockage, and he pulls this thing out of the carotid artery. I'm not sure which artery that is, but I know it's an important one. Okay, the carotid artery. The carotid. Yeah, it goes through the neck. Okay, so uh, that uh, that was if you want you you may want to go back and look at that. He had Doctor Jane Ruby in the third hour. He had the embalmer on in the second hour, and the first hour he was going through all these things on, under the microscope, so you could see them at fifteen hundred magnification. Okay, and uh, boy, it's freaky. Okay, so. <laughs> amyloids amyloids is exactly what they are thank you Murr. they didn't say that yesterday but rents and 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 erica khan have been talking about it for about 10 days maybe a little bit longer and that's what they call them amyloids they're not made out of blood it has nothing to do with blood although they exist with the blood in the circulatory system and may feed off of the blood in some way but they're they're, they're just pieces proteins. of they they're they're misfolded proteins they look like pieces of fat really kind of in a sense uh but anyway that you may want to watch that you know uh it just to let you know heads up it was uh god these damn monsters I mean, God Almighty! They, you just—you thought they were bad before. Now you're just learning every day. They're taking, having to take the mask off in another little area here, and you see them. God, what a despicable bunch of goddamn bastards these people are! I mean, you—you you want to talk about Satan's children? These are Satan's children right here, and all these results come back. I mean, they just—I was uh, watching couldn't sleep last night full moon you know again with that crap and so uh i was up late jeff and i were exchanging messages late did you finally get to bed jeff i guess you did um yeah yeah later so uh anyway as we're going through all uh, that last night and uh uh i was dialed up tucker so i was watching a little of tucker last night and then i finished it off this morning uh and uh, he had this gubernatorial candidate in michigan i'm assuming y'all heard about this dave i know you know about this up there in michigan i don't remember the guy's name but he's very impressive he was on tucker had him on for a little cameo last night here's a front runner against this gretchen whitmer witch that is the head of washington with her coven there the ex-southern poverty law center is the attorney general and this jewish bitch nesson is that her name dave Nesson, isn't that the Secretary of State up there that's pulled all these shenanigans with the election? Dave's not with us. Anyway, another, obviously, another damn Jewess, you know. And uh, so they got, she's got a, Whitmer's got a competitor, a real sharp male, a white male, you know, terrible to white males. Uh, and uh, so what did they do? I guess it was Monday. Monday or last week, at the end of the week, they went in and arrested him because he was in Washington, D.C. at January 6th. <laughs> and, I mean, he's he's already kicking Whitmer's ass of the job she's done up there. Uh, they're going to have a – they better pull something off between now and November, I'm going to tell you, because they have got egg on their face with even the most ardent Biden supporters, like, backing away like a crawfish on these people. So that was one thing I thought was interesting, and uh, Jeff – also mentioned i want to thank rex publicly uh rex doesn't join us here he's one of the email folks and uh he went and dug up the barry chamish interview yesterday now uh uh it's uh it's the same interview that used to be on youtube 
and it's over on some site. And Rex said this site's anti-Semitic. It's got a weird address. It's Japanese characters in the address and some of that stuff and several people have had problems opening it including me uh but uh, my problem was when he sent it the the link didn't totally highlight it looked like it was highlighted but it wasn't so when you clicked on it it got an error message and then i cut and pasted it in and it came up and uh, i sent it out to a couple of you and several of you had problems with it also but uh, it is the 40 minute barry chamish presentation on uh on uh, the Sabbatean stuff, and uh, I will place that link, the pesky little link, at the end of today's show description. You may want to cut and paste it, although I'll try and highlight it, get it high, uh, into a hot link there on the software cast box. So uh, that was one thing that you're, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd advise all you, especially if you had never uh, heard of Sabbatai Zevi or Zvi or however the hell you say it in whatever language, another one of these classic bastards that apparently set up the format that they're using today with one of the most important basic elements being the dialectical nature of it. Uh, that is a highly educational um, piece of information, and I don't know if they killed Mr. Chamish or if he died, I know they kicked him out of Israel for putting this information out at one point. First place I ever heard it was on Jeff Rents. That's the first place I ever knew that he showed up. And um, it is just damning information. I had done a lot of study on these people because of the, the who and the why. You know, the who and the why out of the five W's. Any investigative reporter that has got a, a five W's, who, what, when, why, and where. And uh, I picked the two who and why as the most important on this little project here early on. And I started really investigating these people. And that was in 92. And so, let's say, 93 through 2007, years of pretty heavy uh, research on these creeps. And I knew about the Khazars and all that stuff. But I'd never heard of Sabotage V. Okay. And that information was so startling to me. And if you've never been exposed to it, my bet and guess is it would be startling to you also. <laughs> so I'm going to advise you to watch that. There's somebody open to the mic there. Hello. Okay. I would advise you to watch that and uh, get that information under your belt. Does somebody want to say something? Uh, Blue Moon of Shanghai.com. It's in the chat room. Blue Moon of Shanghai.com. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was from the unreviewed uh, connection that's, from there. That's not that's, Blue Blue Moon of Kentucky. Keep on smiling. That's not that one, right? <laughs> no, I think okay. it's the one you're talking about because it has a Japanese character. Okay, well, it must be Blue Moon of Shanghai. Well, you know, the uh, it's very interesting. Do you know uh, where one of the biggest audiences, the most receptive audiences in the world was for Eustace Mullins Murr? Uh-uh, where? Japan. He had a huge following in Japan. Right. Now, also the Chinese, 
evidently, from what I've picked up from uh, a few people over the years, the Chinese really admire the Ashkenazi Jews. There's a lot of very positive books and stuff written about them over there, and that amazes me because those are the ones that brought them the first and the second opium wars was the Ashkenazi Jew family called the Sassoons out of India. Okay, And why they would go back and celebrate these people, it just shows kind of how materialistic oriented they are, doesn't it? Okay, and the Chinese are very much. Yeah, one of one of the leaders said that uh, they called themselves the Jews of Asia. Yeah, well, right. They got a bunch of books over there in China. I've seen you know some uh, layouts of the books uh, that uh, celebrate the Ashkenazi Jew, or at least exemplify them and put them up on a pedestal. As as sickening as that is. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I mentioned yesterday the uh, thank you again, Nastasha, for finding the uh, John and Glenn interview with Bo and Rocco. And uh, I did last night in my sleepless hours there upload that to CastBox. So I put it on Sunday, the 12th. So if you want to, I put the uh, link in yesterday's show descriptions, but I went ahead because I had downloaded it. Originally, when Nastasha sent it out and I just uploaded that audio last night, it's on a Sunday, the 12th. If you want to go back and listen to John and Glenn, you can now do it on that cast box on uh, June the 12th. Um, So let's see. That's about the main stuff that I had on my plate here this morning starting out. There's Paul. So I'm going to turn it over and see what Paul's got on his mind this morning here. Well, I was I was digging around updating the links in the matrixstocks um dot com website. And uh uh one of the links that uh you've got on the on your PPN page is um Andrew Carrington Hitchcock program number seventeen twenty, how to get out of the the federal system. Oh, okay, right. That's actually a broken link. That, well, then that, don't worry about it. It, you know, is only the problem. I love Andy, okay, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I've disconnected from Andy. Unfortunately, when Paul did this schedule, our other Paul did this uh, switcheroo on the schedule, and he comes on now after Jim Ram, and uh, so I used to get up and listen to him in the hour before we went on, and I'd stay up and current with him, and since that has happened. Uh, I haven't been able to hardly listen to any shows. I just get distracted. It's not in my time frame the way it used to be. Hey, Roger. Yes, Lisa. You can go to Andy's website. I, I know, I know, I know. I, I just and for, listen I, to it because I do that a lot of times the hour before just right. my schedule, right? right? Don't mess with my schedule. Right, right. And I just space it. Most of the time I get busy in the afternoon or something in the morning. I'm usually trying to listen to the res, residual of Tucker that I didn't get the night before or, you know, Owen Stroyer or something like that. And I miss listening to Andy. I like Andy a lot. I like his style. And he, he's, he's just a, uh, you can tell he's just a really, really wonderful guy. You know, just somebody you'd really enjoy spending time with, you know. Uh, and I love his content and all that stuff. But with this schedule change and flipping him to the afternoon, I just very rarely get to listen to him anymore. And that's one of the drawbacks on it for me, quite frankly. But Paul, he only has an hour. And it's very difficult to cover this information in an hour. And so it's not that big a deal, I think, that that interview's not there. 
So if you want to go ahead and scrub it, the other problem is that was a number of months ago, six months ago or something. And, and it was uh, February 23rd. Right. And Andy, he doesn't keep those things around. He only keeps the current shows up for a month on his website. And I'm not sure where you go in the archives and get it. I could probably write him a message and ask him to send it to us. But I don't think it, it's that the ones that are up there you give somebody the idea you know so yeah I, well, I, does. Oh. I went to his website and, and i looked in his archives and i tried to grab that and that episode is missing okay yeah. so there are other ones yeah. that are there and that one's missing is that what you're telling me apparently um apparently there are he, he's got them stored on a third-party cloud format and uh is he doing that or someone else? I think he does all all this stuff, Mark. Well, I can't. Encourages every, he encourages everyone to download them himself. That's themselves. That's why he hasn't been doing it because he wanted to be spread around everywhere. So after yeah. about five or six weeks, you know, when they go off the end of the of his page, then they get not. they rotate off somewhere. I, Paul, I'd just, I'd scratch it. I wouldn't worry about it, honestly. If you don't mind taking okay. it out, to be just clean up the page a little bit and get a dead link and, out of there. And it's and not has, if somebody's going to listen to the Tom D and Deanna Spingola and Thumper and all those. Uh, there's a couple of real good interviews there. I thought personally, from some, in my my subjective opinion, that those covered all the high points and got the message across. And if somebody had you know hadn't gotten it and listening to those, then I don't think. An hour-long interview with that andy's going to help him too much and also to clarify there with andy he's on uh, speak free radio too at uh, at 2 p.m central and he has a two-hour slot there and he sometimes fills it up depends on the interview that's what he's doing here too he's got a two-hour slot there and he plays today's show and then he plays one of the others that's why it was moved right so he'd have the extra time yeah yeah okay well uh, it's uh you know it's funny with this radio stuff three hours is almost too long to be on the air quite frankly and one hour with what we do and talk about is not enough and so it was that two hours that's a matter of necessity there and it seems to some days it goes real painfully slow but most of the days it's god i wish i had another few minutes and we run out of time you know so anyway that's the story on on andy and all that stuff i i just scratch that link paul um so uh let's see if we got anybody that's got any questions or observations or you know analysis or anything you'd like to bring to the forefront we'd love to hear from you here this morning early on at this stage of the program yeah there's somebody hello hey roger this is matt in tennessee hey matt uh, oh yeah you called in uh, the other night on uh, rbn yes i did and i usually uh just be good, folks, but I've kind of got a maybe a sticky wicket Uh-oh. that I wanted to run by the, the audience and the and the crew, just everybody that's listening. What's going on with me is uh, I'm subcontracting for a new uh, company. I do floor covering, lay carpet and stuff. Right. And uh, they want my exemption in the state of Tennessee. You've got to have workman's comp. And it, it's silly. And I work by myself without a helper, but I still have to get this exemption. So my insurance guy sends me a link. The link takes me, they want me to go to the IRS link. There's an IRS link that comes up to help you get your uh, tax identification number. Right. And, 
and I'm reading through this material online there, and it looks to me, just from reading it, that they're making a presumption that I am liable for income tax. And here I've, I've got an affidavit on file with the Secretary of State, and I've already put my uh, letter in with the IRS telling them to adjust their actions and their agents' actions. Why don't you check and I wonder if you could get a bond situation that would cover that. I'm just I'm totally speculating. Okay, Uh, you may want to go to the state or the employer's not not going to have the answer. I don't think, but they may. And this is just an area I don't know anything about, Matt. I I don't know. I'm not going to be of much help to you here. Maybe somebody in the audience can. But the thing that comes to me is we found out you you you're a relatively new listener, but you've been listening when the guys from Texas called up here a few weeks ago talking about a bond in place of your car insurance. Yes, I, I remember that. You may want to check with your insurance guy and find out if they can underwrite something like that and see if that substitutes for you having to have workman's comp. I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, I, I just don't know because I don't know how all that crap operates. I've never been involved with it, and I hate all that CRAP, quite frankly. Um, so anybody got any suggestions for Matt on his uh, – workman's comp requirement as a sing sole proprietor well i don't think anybody else has got any big answers either matt i don't uh, think you have to have it i didn't have to have it when i was sole proprietor i don't understand it it's probably a tennessee it's a, law it's a state law it, it's tennessee it's a tennessee state law it's a, okay. you know the insurance lobby <laughs> Well, the the insurance salesmen are the ones that sell these bonds, and I I remember they were saying you could get $25,000 worth of coverage for $50 a year. That ain't very expensive. That's one thing I'd check in with. You might check with the state agencies and ask them if that will suffice as a substitute, Matt. Okay, yeah, I'll try that. I'm not sure it will because I know what I'm getting is an exemption. It's really odd. That this law in Tennessee, if you work by yourself as a sole proprietor, they still they they want you to have an exemption that exempts you. So I guess so you don't sue yourself or something. I don't know. It's really confusing. Yeah, I can see Matt but, uh, Matt v Matt. I can see the case now. Um, the um, uh, uh, do a little investigating and ask them. Uh, so you're looking for an exemption for workman's comp as a sole proprietor getting this job, right? Yes, and he's still using me because what happens if you don't get this exemption? You know what I try do? to charge. You know, go, go ahead. They try and charge what? At the end, they find you if you don't have this exemption, and I'm more concerned about the store owner than I am myself because I know I'm not liable except for sections 871 and 877B because of my new status and I've got it on file so I know I'm good I just want to make sure they don't try to come back on this you guy know, I'm working for you know what I would do you might also pursue or think about going to the IRS website and even as a national go ahead and pursue that exemption and uh, uh, you can say look I had to have this to work 
Okay, I've got my paper on file, but I had to have this exemption from you, and I'm not responsible for federal taxation if it comes to that. Why don't you explore both of those, the bond and maybe exploring the exemption through the IRS website. Go ahead. Look, you know what I've heard recently? They've got floors in some of these IRS buildings. They've got floors mm-hmm. with bags of unopened mail. Hey, hey, guys, it's Randy. I'm, Randy. I was able to jump on. Hey, I heard you talking about workers' comp, so insurance is my specialty. I'm okay, the can you can you help Matt here by so any? I, I just didn't hear the beginning. I just heard workers' comp, and I might use okay. it up. Well, I can, Matt, here, I'll just give her the thumbnail. He's sole proprietor, lays carpet, got a job, and the state of Tennessee requires an exemption from workman's comp. He went to the IRS site, and it appears that they can, where you get an exemption, but it has to deal with citizens of the United States and a tax obligation, which we know is a lie because it's voluntary, okay? Uh, so as far as insurance goes, it's all voluntary unless the state requires you to have workers comp and not every state requires you, especially for a sole proprietor, you don't need it. Okay. Well, this is a Tennessee requirement for an exemption for that. That's what he's trying. And I suggested to him, check with his insurance provider and see maybe and ask the state if a bond, you know, would suffice if he could go ahead and purchase a bond for that. But I was thinking about workman, workman's comp, but he's looking for an exemption for workman's comp. And supposedly that's what the IRS gives. I, I, I would pursue that website and see about getting their exemption, even though you have exited their system officially, Matt. Matt, Matt so I'm sorry. You're a sole proprietor. You're the only person in this the, this business. Yes. You do not need workers' comp. I've had so I have my own business. I've had it with a couple of people. You don't need it. You have medical insurance. Right, but this is a state of Tennessee law, Randy. Just double check and yeah, make sure yeah, it's for Tennessee. Go, speak it's speak right in the microphone. Requires it. Go, go ahead, man. Speak right in the microphone, please. The state of Tennessee requires. Go ahead. Yeah, the state of Tennessee requires uh, workman's comp, and if you're a sole proprietor and work by yourself, you have to get an exemption to exempt yourself from the requirement. That, that's what we're and dealing with. That exemption. Okay. Go ahead, let Matt. Let Matt finish, and then we can discuss it. Go ahead, Matt. Well, the state of Tennessee system will not work because I called the Tennessee Secretary of State's office yesterday, and they've got to have this tax identification number that works in their system. Okay. And that's where I think the presumption right. comes in. Okay, well, listen, don't worry about the tax identification number because you've already put them on notice and severed yourself. There's no liability there for you except for those two sections. I would pursue their tax ID number and give them that and, and you know, uh, uh, deal with it later because I don't think you'll ever have to deal with anything officially from them. They, you know, always keep in mind, they do not want to challenge these circumstances and issues because then it gives you a public forum to air this information. And that's the last thing in the world they want. 
Okay. Okay, that sounds good. I'm going to pursue that, and thanks for the help, Roger. I'm going to mute now and okay. keep listening. Thank okay, you. Have Matt. a great day. All right, man. You too. Same at you, and we appreciate you being there and joining us here on the Jitsi board. So thanks, Matt. Uh, Randy, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, just a second. Let me yeah. see if Randy yeah. can button this up for I'm, us. Um, I'm actually looking this up because uh, I'll see what the Tennessee law says and see if there's a way to get around this. Okay. But um, – uh, having been doing this over 30 years, I've never heard of having workers' comp for a sole proprietor. The workers' comp is that if something yeah. happens on the job, that you, your employer, which is yourself, would take care of the medical stuff, but you're going to do that anyway. You have right. your own medical well, coverage. I think you miss it. The, there's a, this Tennessee law is for sole proprietors and to give them an exemption for that probably so that they couldn't go in and fake an injury and come back and sue themselves or something. I don't know what the legal oh, okay. implications I, of that I, are. But it's I an just ex- pulled this up, yeah. and it says, it says <clears throat> um, every other employee in the state of Tennessee has f- that has five or more employees, you don't have five or more, must secure workers' compensation insurance. So that's why I'm saying it has to be over a certain right, number. Right. Whoever you spoke to, Matt, I don't know if they gave you the right Randy, no, he, he hadn't said that he had required to get workman's comp. He has to get an exemption for it because he's a sole proprietor. That's what they wasn't workman's comp. It was an exemption from it under his particular circumstances. So I'd say pursue the TIN number from the IRS and see if they get any income reported under that TIN number, tax identification numbers, what that stands for. When they go back and they see your records, you've got the affidavit. They've been put on notice. There's no taxable person here. Boom. Goes on to the next one. You've got your exemption. You're out of it. You've uh, satisfied their requirements and everything should, should, quote, unquote matt roll on pretty flawlessly i would suspect okay one, one more thing hey matt i put my email in the comment section please email me because i really don't think that you need an exemption or anything because you're not more than five employees this is on the state website for tn.gov okay matt so, why don't you grab randy's email address and email her because she sounds like a pretty invaluable uh, resource here in this situation and in others too because of your experience uh randy so glad to have you back uh i have something else that i'd like to share okay I please I, you, I had a friend of mine who was issuing passports yes yes you did i remember oh, that yeah. yeah okay so we had a conversation and i showed her a copy of the affidavit that we were going to send in so she's i'll say she it's a he but she whatever her name is she um said that it's in the train this isn't a transgender situation is it no okay she okay took, she took <laughs> classes on this and was trained on this. She said, I had the actual passport books that were blank. Really? She says, and she had a diplomatic passport. There are three different passports, a right. blue one, right. a red one, and a black one. A black one is the one they use on official business. I know that from a Secretary of State retired guy here. So she was a diplomat, and she had a diplomatic passport, and it did nothing for her with taxes. So I was trying to explain to her, and I actually sent her, I believe it was a three-hour conversation that you had in the last year with, I can't, Deanna, I think it was? Deanna Spingola, yes. Yes. That was a great, that was really great. 
And I tried to explain to her and I said, you know, there's a difference between U.S. nationals and U.S. citizens and citizens can be nationals, but nationals don't necessarily have to be citizens. And she was confused because we're talking about indoctrination <laughs> yes. that they've well, given. Let me, Randy, for you and the rest of the audience, and I really encourage you all to do what Randy's doing and find people and talk to them about this. This is the way our message is going to spread, see? Um, but the way to approach this is by using Jim Crow. Because then there's no confusion because everybody can either remembers what Jim Crow laws were in that situation or they can easily access the information. And there's the stark difference, one black and one white. Okay, And the, for anybody to think that the old white men that ran the country in the middle of the 1800s took these illiterate black slaves that were property off a southern plantation and set up a political status that was equal to the one they had for them is got their head needs to be soaked in a pickle barrel okay just quite frankly obviously the black status is subservient to the white status okay and that's what they've done they set that up here's the reason hey randy here's the reason for the civil war yeah, it wasn't about slavery. It was started by by exacerbating a tax situation that was already uh, uh, very volatile. But the reason for it was to get the 13th and the 14th Amendment set up and passed so they could control the world with it 100 years later because they knew exactly what they were going to do. And I can sit there and go through those two amendments with you as they act and interact together and prove it to you. Okay. So they yeah. set it up in the 1800s. They let it sit there and fester for about 70 years. They knew they were going to get a third bank of the United States and bankrupt the country and flip everybody into this status. And then they knew they were going to set those questions up and ask you the questions and get your agreement. They knew all of that in the 1850s. And you can tell it by the way the 13th and 14th Amendment are written and how they interact together. Well, I'm going to be seeing her again this weekend, and she's coming to the house, so I'll be able to show her some things. Okay. And I said, you know, it says on the U.S. passport, U.S. citizen slash U.S. national. Correct. But I have a feeling that they didn't want to tell the people too much because well, then they would know too much. So the reason why I brought this up to her, you know, it has to be something in it for her. Her and her husband are thinking of moving overseas, and now they're collecting all these taxes ever since Obama passed that law for TACTA. And I said, you know, um, we're the only country that you have to supply taxes to us no matter where you live in the world. We're like the California of the world. That's what they do in California. And so I wanted to pique her interest so this way we can have okay. a, a further conversation. Well, but Randy. It blew I, her mind. I would, I would offer this because this is a pretty special person, obviously. If, you would, if she would like to have a uh, talk to me personally, I would be willing to set that up and do that for her and her husband. Okay? I think that would be wonderful. Right. I don't think she'd come on here, but I think that she would answer a lot of, a lot of questions. She's okay. worked all over the world, Iran, India, Iraq. I would love to get her insight on the internally <laughs> on how some of these systems operate internally is part of the reason for my generosity here you know it's selfish okay uh, i would love to set that up and you know i i think that i i will say this after 9 11 they were actually at our house um uh, this is a couple and she says you know this is what i did for 20 years of my life was like counterterrorism. she says and what the hell was it all for so they've been disillusioned and good um, that's a that's I, our best candidate <laughs> Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I think that 
you know, there are a lot of people who are socially liberal. We're not talking about abortion. We're talking about other things. Socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. And um, I think that just blew her and her, uh, you know, in her partner's world. Um, and I think it would be great if you could talk to her. I she would, would love to. She's very open. Okay. Well, you know what you got basically here is you got the Jim Crow laws that set it up and you're living in the Wizard of Oz. Well, I would love her to tell you what she has seen over the course of her, her tenure. And um, I'd like to get uh, that information. She's the one who actually approved or disapproved. So I'll give you a funny Ooh. example. <clears throat> she would, she'd be, let's, I, let's say she was in India. And someone would come to the consulate and they'd say, I'd like a pass, I'd like a visa. Now, you know that they're going to overstay their visa. So she said, and he says, look, and I have this uh, letter from one of the congressmen. So she pushes it back to him. She says, I see you have this letter, but we're not giving you a visa. And he pushes the letter back to her. Well, I see I have this letter from the congressman. And she says, I don't care what you have. You're not getting a visa. So that's the position that she was in. Interesting. Well, that, you know, uh, a lot of things I could go into the reciprocity of the South American countries against the U.S. and their visa policies is one thing. I had to experience it. People that have traveled down here, lived down here, and especially Chile, Argentina, and Brazil are about the only three countries. But what happened is if you get a visa for the U.S. as a foreigner, for example, in Argentina, because I know a lot about this from living there. So I was out in the western part. It was a 12-hour bus ride, 600 miles to get to Buenos Aires, where the uh, embassy is, to do this sort of business. So the U.S. requires you to go to the embassy in person. They will not set you an appointment, which means that you got to go and travel all wherever you are, all the way to Buenos Aires. you got to go into the embassy with no appointment, sit there until ever you're, you're called. you got to pay the $140 for the visa and then they may turn you down and they don't refund your money and the argentinians and these other south american countries got so po'd that they started doing this reciprocity thing so they started putting their own requirements on u.s citizens only u.s okay but because of this retaliation thing on the visa crap so uh, uh that's uh, that's the way it is i'd love to meet your friend and talk to them i would imagine she's got some very valuable insight on how some of that stuff happens randy so that'd be good you just let me know if they'd like to move forward on that okay I will. I, I don't think she'll come on the program, but no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll have a we'll have a phone conversation. It'll be good. Okay. I'll it just, I'll re- I'll record it and play it on the program. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to her. <laughs> so is it is the best way if we set something up that it could be just on email? This? You know, we okay. can do it here. We can do it here. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, yep. Roger. You're welcome, Randy. Let's see what else is going on here that I wanted to mention. Somebody else got something to bring up while my mind's working to bring up another topic here. I know somebody's got a question or an observation. There's somebody right there. Uh, put Randy's uh, email in the uh, rogersales.chatango.com in case okay. Matt can't get to the gypsy. Okay, okay, thank you. Uh, Matt, it's in, uh, there's two, for the audience, there's two parallel chats here. Uh, I'm sorry I don't participate. I gave the reasons for that earlier. Uh, the one that's in the Jitsi board that we constantly refer to here on the program, and then Murr graciously set up another one that parallels it that is rogersales.chatango.com. Isn't that right, Murr? 
Yes. Okay, Roger Sales, that's S-A-Y-L-E-S, obviously. Roger Sales dot Chatango, C-H-A-T-A-N-G-O, just like it sounds, dot com. I think that's it, right, Murr? I'm going to get your confirmation yep. again. Okay, good deal. Uh, okay, where can we move forward here? I got a email right before that I saw, oh God, uh, probably this morning from some guy in Kansas. And this is This is one of my pet peeves, you know. Okay, man, how many steps do I have to go through with your information? I got this other guy who wants 10 steps. How many is your steps? I want to write it out and address it. Yeah, I'm going to write back and say something like, well, the first step is to learn the information and learn what you're doing. Okay, not to blow into a china cabinet like a bull and start knocking prized possessions off the wall because I want freedom. I'm going to do this and I'll be done with it. And when people do that, nothing changes because they don't change they haven't input the information nothing turns over except they supposedly now think they're free if they get stopped and challenged on the position they can't defend it because they don't have the information okay and and so the world doesn't change and they don't change and then nothing changes and then we haven't accomplished anything so that's what i try and avoid here i you know i don't want to charge you money for your freedom but I do want to charge you what sacrifice you've got to make to get the information in your brain so that these changes start taking effect on you and maybe, just maybe, a little small infinitesimal chance we might change the world a little bit, okay? And that's the way it's going to happen, and people just filing and throwing paper around not knowing what they're doing. Well, you told me to do that. Well, why did you do it? Well, I don't know. You told me to. Learn the friggin' information learn what you're doing get comfortable with it that's your freedom if you don't have that you don't have freedom even though you filed papers with whoever under the damn sun so i hope that point gets across so that was one of the things that uh got me this morning that i wanted to talk about a little bit um let's see what else did i have on my mind hey roger hey there's samuel yeah, I watched uh, True News last night to try to stay up on what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, we haven't heard anything about True News in a while. I heard Gerald Salente mention it last night. Now, you're mentioning him today, and I've thought about it a couple of times. So fill us in on Rick and what's going on over there. It's too bad we can't get on his program, but I can't get on any of these big guys' program. You can't get their attention. Yeah, I know. I, I tried. I know. But, uh, you, you, yeah. I've been trying for for over ten years. The the latest goal for war uh, to get a nuke war going is now we're talking about supplying the Ukrainians with nuclear weapons. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, listen, and it's like hear some of these guys saying there. We don't hear anybody talking about peace. There are there is a group that excludes Ukrainians, which is meeting to try and hammer out some sort of a ceasefire and a peace agreement, but it doesn't include the Ukrainians. And here's the problem: if you had Uncle Sugar, Uncle Uncle Jaime, sending you billions of dollars, would you stop warring? No, you probably get more uh, clients uh, trying to do the same thing. Right. Okay. So there, you know, it's the incentive is gone from the start. So hopefully, uh, they're getting egg on their face. I sure wish. I wish Putin had just unleashed the 
the whirlwind on these sorry bastards myself. Uh, they did capture all those guys in Metapopal, Mer- 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 however you say it, um, that were in that steel thing. They got all those guys. Uh, haven't heard too much. Russia, you know, Russia plays plays the cool hand here. They've been playing it since this whole thing started. It's our people that are playing the aggressive, uh, uh, you know. They got to get this war started. They got to get it to cover up for their financial crimes. You saw the bad day the market had yesterday, right? (coughs) Market's down 900 points at one point. I don't know the whole thing. I don't pay too much attention to it anymore like I used to. But uh, yesterday was a real bad hair day for the stock market, and they're talking about currency collapses, and all these things are coming to be a little bit more of a reality for us. And so uh, that's the reason you're seeing all this stuff, all this thievery and stuff, is because historically when an empire is going down, the the people in control steal everything that didn't tie down on their way out the door. That's exactly what's going on here. Okay. So anyway, yeah. I, I just wish Putin had just unleashed the whirlwind on these bastards. They know who these guys are. Come on. When they got control and got them kicked out of the country and got back control of the historical archives and stuff, and they went back and found out the stuff they didn't already know, and it had to have sent cold chills up some of those Russian spines when they saw in official records what these murdering bastards did to them. California's income, I heard from a financial guy, is um, down about 20 to 25 percent. They couldn't run it before, you know. California's income? Californians income, did you say? The state's income. The state's income, okay. 20 something percent's a pretty big hit, folks. Yeah. Okay. They they uh, couldn't make it run before, so uh, as they they take this hit. And you see the stock market doing what it's doing, et cetera. It's just a matter of time before the state's going to have to collapse financially. Well, there's there's a, there's a bad road up ahead. Everybody knows that. I hope y'all being aware, folks, and with your eyes open, truth-seeking kind of folks have taken the effort and made the expenditures and done the things necessary to get yourself in a tenable position. There's a lot of people that are stuck in these cities, and man, when this thing goes, that's going to be the hellhole of the earth is the big cities of this country right here. I mean, can you imagine if they cut off the electricity to New York? Oh, this As the sewage backs up everywhere, there's no food. All of these thugs, all of the crime, all of the attitude and everything in those big cities. Can you imagine what living in that situation would be like or or you you wouldn't want to be living in that situation. There's probably a bunch of people if it happens are gonna commit suicide rather than live in it. They can't get out of it. Yes, sir. Is Roger, that I live in New York. Why are you wetting on my charcoal? Well, I'm not, but you live upstate New York. I'm talking about New York City. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. I said big cities. I mean you're you're out in the country kinda. Kinda. Kind of. Kind of. So anyway, uh, you can imagine that if that happened, let's say, Chicago, L.A., New York, uh, maybe uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, some of the bigger cities, uh, you didn't take much imagination to see how horrible that scenario is, potentially. So uh, what? uh, somebody else got something to add we can talk about here today? Love to get your input. Love to have your questions like Matt. If you were uh, on there and wanting to ask a question, that's really what we're here for is you and your freedom. Nobody. 
not one person on this board's got a question or a comment. There's somebody. Yeah, yeah hey, Brian. Hello. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, yeah, I'd like to make a comment about uh, Georgia and how it's got so much going on for it. Okay, uh, let me find out who we're talking to. Oh, uh, yeah, this is William. Hey, William. Yeah, hey. Yeah, you know, Georgia's got the CDC, you know, it's got Coca-Cola, you know, it's got the uh, Jekyll Island, right? Yes, sir. Uh, it's got the Georgia Guidestones. Correct. William, are you in Georgia? Well, that's where I domicile. Okay, what part of the state are you in? Yeah, we talked before. I'm, I'm over in uh, Loganville. Okay, oh, okay, you're off to the east. Okay, I know where you are. Your voice is a little bit. You're driving, you're riding, driving today, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my job. That's okay. My job. Yeah, you know, Georgia's got a lot of that stuff in there. Why they put the CDC there, I have no idea. Uh, the Georgia Guidestones are there because evidently they're on an important ley line, William. Uh, you uh-huh. know, the the way these guys uh, go back uh, on ley lines and all that stuff historically. Evidently, that particular spot up there in Eat- Eatonton, is it Eatonton, Georgia? Correct. Eatonton, Georgia is, is on a ley line is the reason they chose that property. The uh, Coca-Cola company was just accidentally kind of the guy was in Georgia when he stumbled into ascorbic acid and started the Coca-Cola thing. So I don't think that was anything uh, too, too uh, intimidating. But I will tell you, they've taken over Coca-Cola because what a great place to put CIA agents all over the world as a Coca-Cola executive or employee. Right. <laughs> And uh, what was uh, Jekyll Island? And of course, Jekyll Island. The reason they had that there is because J.P. Morgan, I believe, owned the uh, island. It was a private hunting club back then. Interesting. Yeah. Also, the there's also a connection with the IRS and the uh, the ADL. Because back in uh, oh Leo Frank. Frank Leo Frank okay for the, yeah uh, for the people yeah. that may not know I know Murr was he talking was about it he was Lynch he was in Marietta where right. I used to live actually in Smyrna Correct. okay Correct. and right. uh, this guy Leo Frank was a manager of a pencil company and there was a young woman a young girl named Fagan wasn't her name Mary Fagan I think. Yes. What she wasn't Jewish, I don't believe, but she may have been. I don't think it was F A G A N. I think it was P H A G A. Okay, right. I was right. See, my memory's pretty good sometimes, Mur. So it was this gal. How old was she? She a late early teens or something? Thirteen, I think. Yeah, real early teens. She was only there because she was waiting for a seat and a desk in school. She wanted to go to school. Right. Anyway, she was murdered. Yeah, he had her working where he would go by to use the restroom a million times a day, and her hair was found wrapped around the faucets and... Yeah, so anyway, this guy, Leo Frank, was this Jew that they tried to blame somebody else on the murder. They finally got him convicted, and they put him in jail. If I remember right, the mob went out and hanged, hung his ass, didn't they? They got him yes. out of jail and lynched his butt, okay? Yeah, that's it. Yep. And so and that's why the ADL was formed, supposedly. Exactly. Okay. So you're right, how William. Little, there, there's all those hangings thereafter. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Well, it needs to be fruit and all that. Jazz. Yeah. Well, we need to be where well, there needs to be some more fruit. Okay. 
uh william i i know you when you and i talked originally we've spoken a couple of times you know i've got a very special place in my heart for the great state of georgia and it breaks my heart to see what they've done to it here really lately with all these hollywood types and the pollution and the crap they brought into the state like you know fat fat what's what's her name stacy you know the the female version of fat albert as the football coach in chattanooga said that they fired him for his job for um so who still will not concede that she lost the gubernatorial election election before last that stacy abrams that communist bitch whose sister sits on the on the was appointed by obama has a federal judgeship there that stacy abrams yeah that one so uh thanks william uh very good points on all those things and uh it's just a shame georgia's a nice place to live it's got nice people in it uh and uh so i'd been 30 years there in the state of georgia william yep those those were the days i i sent you that video yeah that. oh yeah oh was that you were the one that sent me that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, William went on YouTube there and got me the Those Were the Days song and sent it to me after we were talking about it one day. It's a great song. I listened to it, too. And it was, uh, you know, it's too bad they don't make music like that too much anymore. Uh, so who else can we go to here? Who's the next victim? I know there's a victim there that wants some social intercourse going on. So come forward, please. Oh, come on now. Hey, Roger. It's yes. Judy in Georgia. Hey, Judy, you're back. You're the Warner <laughs> Robbins, Judy. Did you get the? Did you get maneuvering the uh, archive straight, Judy? No. Oh, Judy. But <laughs> on Gypsies is or no Castbox. Yes. Um, I'm trying to get the desktop working correctly. So okay, that's the one I was asking I'm about the archives because Judy came on here and said she can only get five. Uh, shows on, on the archives phone. On my oh phone. on the on phone. phone oh well i don't yeah. know about i hate cell phones and i don't know anything about so, them okay so go to I it on your desktop and i don't think you'll have that problem don't have a choice i can speak to this I'm working on it okay paul hold on paul says yeah. he can speak to this judy go ahead paul okay last time she was having go trouble ahead. i i whipped out my handy dandy phone and, uh, yep, she's absolutely correct. If you use the mobile browser on the phone to go to CastBox, you only see five archives. But if you download the CastBox app, oh. it's going to ask you to buy it like a half a dozen times. You just say skip and no and, you know, just refuse. It'll eventually get to the point where you just close that little window. You got the CastBox app running, and every single archive is there. There you go, Judy. There's an answer. Thank you, Paul. So You're go to the Play Store. Thank you very much, Paul. You're welcome. And there is a shortcut on thematrixstocks.com that was just added to the website last night. Up on the very top row, the far right is the link to all of the CastBox archives. And Paul's correct because okay. I use CastBox on my phone. And okay. I've never paid for Castbox. Okay, and I have I have access to all of your archives. Great, and well, anyone else's archives. Great. Well, Judy, there's your answer, and uh, I had no idea that there was a limitation on the cell phones or that Castbox had an app. So, I got two pieces of information that's new okay. today. How are you doing? Thank you. Well, you're well, welcome. It's, it is very 
it's very yes i've got miniature goats and i just got done giving them electrolytes and all and it is so humid when i lived in las vegas i remember it hitting 115 right 16 right but it wasn't but it wasn't humid no but um when you come here it's not that high in temperature, but you've got a lot of humidity. But you trade something to get something. Yes, There's ma'am. pros and cons no matter it where sure you is. live. And I, I much prefer it here. That, that um, is. So you moved to I, Georgia from Las Vegas, or as we affectionately call it, lost yes. wages, right? Yes. My dad was military when we came stateside. He was stationed out at Nellis. Oh, so okay. Well, your daddy was Air Force. My life. Your daddy was Air Force. Yes, he was mine, a mine too. Jet fighter mechanic. Okay, mine too. By the way, I know. <laughs> um, but I'm piped. I've piped up to make a comment that uh, my husband is bringing his desktop home from work to print out my affidavit and my cover letter, so well, I can good. get it well, Congratulations! Tomorrow. Congratulations and to you. He made the comment. He was he was all anxious about. About uh, me not paying, I had I had the retirement in Nevada stop pulling federal taxes, and of course, they're Nevada; they won't pull out Georgia taxes. So, um, I told him that I stopped paying the federal taxes. This is just before I came across you, and my original thought was, why would I front the money to them to use when we could use the money now? And um, then I came across you, and I told him that I wasn't paying the federal taxes, and he's in a high-speed wobble. You're, you're going to go to jail. You're going to send me to jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved so your description. A high, you. a high-speed wobble. I liked that. Just like a top. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And he's a manly man. He's not a frail little wimpy guy. He's a man's man. And uh, he... Uh, <laughs> And he's from here. Um, so anyways, I, t- I was telling him about what I had been learning through this platform and the interviews that I had listened to. And he really wasn't, uh, it, it didn't really flip the switch for him. Right. And then I didn't talk so much about it. And he asked me about my taxes. He's been saving money to pay the state taxes. And I'm no, don't need to do that. And so then he started asking questions, and I was amazed at how much I was able to explain to him. And he's gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna pr- have him print out on his computer because I don't, I'm not able to print it out. I'd rather do that than handwrite it. And uh, he said he he's interested in filing also, but he wants to wait about a year see if i go to jail or not <laughs> okay well they wouldn't react in a year <laughs> to you. i'm not going to go to jail <laughs> well they wouldn't react that quick anyway because they're too far behind but um and i understand how people are skeptical of this i've been dealing with it for 30 years judy you know uh yeah. even he's, he's used to be law enforcement okay. also okay well here's what you do here's what so, you do you take him to 26 cfr 1.1-1 parentheses a small a okay 
Okay. Now that's the jurisdictional statement of the IRS at the first of their rule book there, the Code of Federal Regulations, Title 26. Okay. And there at the first page, if you open up the cover, if you've got one of those, uh, it's up at the top right of the first page. And you've heard me talk about it, but for the newer people in the audience, let's go back. And the way you approach these things with someone like Judy's husband, and you go, now, hubby, let's get some agreement here before we discuss this. And he's going to be in a, a, a thoughtful, wise guy's going to say, okay. And you go, there's only two political statuses. You're either free or you're a slave. And you get agreement on that point. Okay. Because if he, if, he, if he wobbles later on, you're going to bring him back and hold his feet to the fire on that. Well, you agreed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you go to 26 CFR. 1.1-1 parentheses small a and that's the irs's jurisdictional statement okay and it reads mm-hmm. verbatim an income tax is owed by all individuals who are either citizens of the united states or residents and to the extent of 871b and 877b all non-resident alien individuals so there's only two classes there and he's already agreed that there's only two political statuses, one free and one slave. And since we know what the 14th Amendment status is and we know what they label them, they're right there. So we know they're the slaves. So the non-resident alien, no matter what they label, it has to be the free position, doesn't it? Right. Okay. And the fact yes. that they've gone to that length to change that identification label on that condition tells you what thieving son of a bitches they are. Yeah, they're sneaky liars. Oh. I mean, you know, listen, Jesus had these guys nailed. You go back to the Old Testament and read some of that stuff, you're going to see it's the same bunch exactly. Yes. I mean, what do you say? The truth is not in you. The truth is not in them. And I'm doing what I I can't remember if it was Paul or who it was, but um, one step at a time because I'm also interested in the alloidal, doing the land patent. Right, and all that. And when you do the land patent... Do you need to do the alloidal title also? Well, that, those two things, those, those two things are, sim, uh, are synonymous or synonymous, as I heard someone say one time. Uh, by <laughs> you're you're wanting alloidal title on your land, and to do that, you've got to trace it back to the original land patent. Now, let me throw a couple of things in here we don't mention too much, just for general education. Do you know that this term estate means less than true ownership? No. Anytime you see the word estate, it means less than true ownership. And the reason for that is William the Conqueror, when he came and conquered England and took over all the land because he's the new king, and he went and and did a, a minute. It's, it's, if you go look in Black's Law Dictionary under the Doomsday Book, it's spelled D-O-M-E-S, Domesday, but it's pronounced Doomsday. And it tells you William the Conqueror conquered England. He took a, uh, it doesn't say survey, but he uses survey terms in the, in the definition there. So they take a minute and seconds, which is survey terms, okay? So he went out and surveyed the whole country of england and then he gave it to his preferred nobles he didn't give the land to them he gave them an estate because he still owned it 
and they had to perform and their performance was to contribute knights in armor so that he could take and go do battle and that was the knights of the round table okay but all of those noblemen had an estate they didn't own the property and the word estate means less than true ownership and i got that out of an old real estate book years, years ago okay so what William did. Now, he was smart, okay? And he didn't want them scheming against him because he knows how these nobles are, evidently. And so what he'd do is he'd give one of them a patch of land up in the northwest part of the country and then another patch down in the southeast part and another one up in the northwest part. So they were always traveling around the country going from one property to the other, and they didn't have time to get together and figure out how to overthrow him. Right. And I was going to ask you, I've been trying to um, get my hands on a, a used black dic- law dictionary. Yeah. And my husband might be able to get me one through work because okay. his boss, who is owner, is a lawyer. Okay, great. Attorney. Right. So um, I was going to ask you if that was worthwhile, but I just heard you referring well, back to the Black's Law. Well, it is. So it's always good to have a Black's. Movie. I would try and get the fourth edition, if you can, which is green, uh, because the okay. West Law is owned by the Rothschilds, and they go in there and change all this stuff. And so the okay. older versions are more reflective, and they haven't gone in there and waved their magic wand over stuff like they'd have with some gotcha. of the newer versions. So, was that Daryl? Did I just hear Daryl grunting or something? I, I thought I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I did hear him. There you and, go. Go ahead, Judy. Finish up. And let's see what pilot. And I'm not done with true news. I've never been one to send emails and communicate. Well, we just lost. Can anybody else hear Judy, or is that just on my end? She faded out. Can anybody hear me? Okay, so we're locked up again. Let me back out and see if this straightens out. Hello? Hello? There we are. Okay, there we are. I got you back. I lost you for a minute. Uh, Hold on. Let's see. I got my microphone muted. I lost you for a minute. I had to go back out and come back in the room. So uh, thank you. Judy, did we get you all taken care of, sweetie? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Roger, did you get that uh, uh, title uh, 26 of the IRS, that information one more time? Yes, 26 CFR. That's okay. I know it was. 1.1-1 parentheses small a. Oh, that's the one we put on our uh, affidavit. Okay. Yep. Yep. And the reason you put that, uh, it's suggested. You don't have to. If you want to file that with that that paragraph and that language in there, it's for additionally noticing the IRS that your affidavit has been filed because that little section right there goes right into their wheelhouse, man. Okay, that Daniel, you some of you newer Pope, this is something that hit me, I don't know, a couple of years ago, just like the subconscious starts giving you answers. See, and one day I'm sitting here thinking, I go, I'll be damned. They always put the hook at the front end. And I started thinking about specific examples. That one's right there. All the other titles of, of this Code of Federal Regulations, their jurisdictional statements on the first page, too, Daniel. But theirs is resident 
Title 26 is the only one where they had to put both in there because there's some constitutional taxation and they had to put that possibility in there. So that's why you got the two statuses. Where's the 14th Amendment? All persons born. The first three letter words of the 14th Amendment control the world, folks. Have you thought about that? Okay. Uh, we'll go back to the Nationality Act of 1940. Uh, a national owes total allegiance to a small s state. That's the very first definition A in the entire long, lengthy piece of legislation. They always put the hook at the front. Now we know that. Nobody's ever uh, noticed that before, to my knowledge. I've never seen anybody else comment on it. Okay. Now, why? And this goes into the wiles of your enemy. Why would they do that? Because they know if you got a stack of paper that's 70, 80 pages, and they're going to put the very first thing as the hook, you're not looking at the very first thing. When you read it, you're looking at all the pages you got to go through and interpret. Right there, and you get to halfway through page one, and they've already got you. This is your enemy right there. Daryl, how you doing? Did Daryl leave us? Well, meanwhile, I, the reason I wanted is here. Want hold to, on. All right, hold on. Daniel's gonna hold on. Daniel's gonna finish, and I'm gonna get to you. Yeah, Go ahead, Daniel. Second. Wrap up. The reason I want to get it is I'm gonna copy it off and tell people this is right in the IRS code here. Read it, and then you can get talking to them. It's their know? damn jurisdiction. It's their jurisdictional statement. It's not mine. I didn't yeah. contrive it. I didn't do anything. To show that to other people is like powerful. Well, I've been trying to show it to people for 30 years. And occasionally, occasionally it's yeah. been powerful. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That depends who you're talking to. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Daryl, where you been, man? Yeah. I work and sweating. It's uh, hot over there. It's over right? 100 degrees here. Yo, already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I just briefly. Uh, the word term resident is a contractual relationship. It is. I repeat that. It defines a contractual relationship. That's why it has to be in there because you've contracted uh, when you submit your statute staple. Okay. Uh, your, your 1040. That's, that's a contractual relationship. You contracted and, uh, with them and, so, and gave them your body and your soul with that little document. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so uh, just to go back to, I think it was uh, somebody said earlier, I don't know, I was out in the shop working, sweating. Um, Jekyll Island's uh, particularly important because, uh, and I sent Mer a link that she can probably repost because she, she's so wonderful about doing those things. Uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a one-hour video on uh, YouTube, uh, Jekyll Island's Canaanite Altars and Giant Skeletons. Oh, yeah, right. Anyway, um the uh, Jekyll Island is particularly esoterically, spiritually uh, important uh, because the uh, literally the house uh, where those gentlemen convened and brainstormed for the uh, Federal Reserve uh, Amendment was at the very table that they sat at was built directly over a Canaanite altar that was a sacrificial altar. <clears throat> so uh, for the people that just want to believe or can only comprehend at a level of empirical uh, data, uh, maybe this will help you understand. 
understand the esoteric and spiritual relationship that's uh, a part of this. So you kind of have to get both of them to really get it. Uh, but there's a, of course, the, the people, the entities we're dealing with understand all this. Uh, and uh, so empirical data doesn't really drive people to action. If it did, there had been action a long time ago. Uh, this is why you can put all the evidence that you can muster in front of people, and unless they have some sort of spiritual connection, um, it will just bounce off. It will just ricochet off of them. And uh, but I, uh, this is a this is a this video correlates with. Uh, what they go through to manifest in the in the spirit, their spiritual, and to bring it into the physical, it's 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 uh, called magic. <laughs> Daryl, let me interrupt you for and, just a second. Mur, would you yeah. get that link and shoot it to me in an email, and I will put that at the end of today's show description along with the Barry Chomish interview. Do you have a copy of that, Daryl, or a link to it? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I shot it to Murr, uh, but it's. Uh, it, it comes up on uh, YouTube as uh, Jekyll Islands oh. Canaanite Altars. Oh, they've still they haven't scrubbed and, it on uh, YouTube yet. Uh, no, um, I, I think they. I think there's a number of reasons why they don't. Is because uh, people don't want to connect these the rest of the dots. Okay, so. Uh, well, you did and, you hear yesterday uh, they've scrubbed 1666 Redemption Through Sin. They've scrubbed that out of the search algorithm. Yeah. Well, that's that's why uh, Jimmy and I have uh, vast libraries. Right. So, I, so we're going to put that on there today. Uh, just, I would suggest yeah. some of you guys download that. You know, use that little app where you can download videos, and, and let's get that thing where they can't uh, not get it out there again. That's a really important thing chunk information Barry Chalmish put out. Sorry to interrupt, Daryl. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, and I I, uh, I I, have to jump off here, but I, if you'll indulge me for to read one paragraph. Sure, man. Out of uh, David Rockefeller's memoirs. Uh, I don't know how many people here have read the book. Uh, I have it holding it here in my hands. Uh, he's very proud of it. Uh, you should buy the book or attain a copy of it for the very purpose of at least one chapter. You could buy the whole book for the price of about $8 and just buy it for chapter 27. And so I'm going to read you one paragraph out of chapter 27. It's called The Proud Internationalist, The Proud Globalist. The proud one world orderist, okay, the proud Jew, says for more than a century, ideological extremists at either end of the political spectrum have seized upon well-published incidents such as my encounter with Castro to attack the Rockefeller family for the inordinate influence they claim we wield over American political and economic institutions. Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists, and of conspiring 
partnering with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world. If you will, if that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. Okay. <laughs> this is written in 1995 uh, this was a confession it was in front of everybody's face and nobody paid any attention save a few okay so this is this is how people are and until they suffer and severely they won't repent politically or spiritually okay so uh, in some ways, what we're experiencing is a blessing. I know it's hard, <laughs> but if it gets you to repent, then it was going to be worth it. And that's a political repentance, too. So uh, you, you, can't, uh, you can't separate yourself from this system and then still participate in it politically. <laughs> that's, that's hard for people to really come to grips with well you got to understand that the system like, as it's uh, structured right now has nothing to do with you if you've changed statuses because none of the laws that they pass apply to you yeah uh, that's that's important to really take the ground you have to take that to ground that is a when you do that you are you've stopped you've turned around and you're walking in a different direction now you're, you're not straddling the middle of the road and, uh, but I, I just wanted to read David Rockefeller in his own words yep. or anybody else that, as Dan was saying earlier, well, here's some, Dan, there's some more proof for you in their own words, right? Yeah. But anyway, I'll, I'll jump off. Okay. So. Thanks, Daryl. Good to see you, man. You take care. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's All right. see. <laughs> you too. Uh, okay. We'll see you soon. Um, Anybody got any comments on that? What Daryl just read us? Any comments on the Rockefellers or any of the things we talked about there at uh, that little section of the IRS code, 26 CFR 1.1-1A, is what's kept me going all these years, Daniel. Okay. Uh, I mean, really. Is Daryl still there? I think he I think he darted off. <clears throat> oh, but he's listening. Well, you can say something to him. Well, I was, I was looking up uh, Jekyll Island's Canaanite altars, and there's a number of them, and some of them are four hours long, some of them are 57 minutes long. That's the one, and you said an hour, so that's the one I'd key in on. It's an hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's put it this way. If you're not satisfied with 57 minutes, you can delve into the four-hour version. <laughs> all right so i'll get both of them okay good deal uh daniel that's what kept me going on this all these years was my absolute total fascination with them substituting that term non-resident alien in that section of the irs code because that's the place where i used to have to end in other words i would take in the early days just so you people can appreciate this 30 years ago as I took on the mantle to teach this in the Atlanta area, and I would have to give people, I'd have to have three hours of their attention so I could go through all this history, R plus D equals R, explain all the law that they don't understand and all that, so I could take them to that one section in the Internal Revenue Code and show them what they'd done with that term right there. And, buddy, i got to tell you what, that was one of the motivating 
elements that kept me going in those early years. I'm glad it did. But I like what he said about repentance because um, i just tag on to that a little bit, is that the devil doesn't get to do what he wants. I know that sounds crazy because he's doing a lot of stuff that seems like... you got to volunteer for his program. Well, no, no, but he can't do anything the Lord don't allow him to do. And it's all, it's all in agreements. It's all... He has to get permission for almost everything he does. So um, he is used by God. You know, what is what is Brent? Brent Brent quotes one of those old guys say, he may be the devil, but he's God's devil. That's exactly what God's you're saying. Devil. And what I like what that guy <laughs> said was he drives man to repentance. You, yeah. There's no way out of it unless you repent and go to God. Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. I remember Al Addisk made a comment one day on the show when we were doing programs together. He goes, even the devil makes you volunteer. Now, you think about that, okay? You got to yep. volunteer into his program. Well, like Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. <laughs> yeah, he should have known. <laughs> well, yeah, he made the deal, but he was That's actually right. going to the church that I went to before I went there when he did his um, gospel you know, series. But I think he was too hooked in by it. He didn't think he could get out from the devil's grip is what I think happened. Could have been at that point. He'd already committed the, the sins. Well, uh, he made a deal. Yep, know? yep. Yep. So uh, interesting. So, Paul, what were you going to say a minute ago? Or did we get you covered? Did you get in what you wanted to get in? Like yeah, that. I just wanted to uh, clarify, you know, which one of them. Oh, oh, which one of those versions was the one? Yeah. I, if you search for search YouTube for Canaanite Jekyll Island, you come up with a whole page of interesting stuff that i'm happily down really okay cool well there you go i mean it wouldn't all be there if there wasn't some connection i'd forgotten i remember now when he brought that up that but i'd forgotten and i saw that years ago about the altars and the others there's some sacrificial uh sacrificial pits and there's no telling what went on on old jekyll island there historically but you know that Charleston is on the 33rd parallel. Do y'all know that? That's why Albert Pike founded the Scottish Rite there. And I'm sorry to say Albert Pike was a Confederate general. And today, they pulled down all the Confederate statues, but Albert Pike's statue in Washington, D.C. still stands, as Judah P. Benjamin's in New Orleans still stands. Yeah, Pikes was damaged, and they put it back up. Oh, posted, yeah! I posted that YouTube in the in the Jitsi chat and in the Chitango chat, and I sent it to you. Okay, I got I saw the email. Thank you, Mer. I appreciate it. I'll stick that at the end for those of you listening later or uh, on the archive. If you're listening to the archive, it's down there in the description, and if you're uh, uh, you can check it out if you're listening live later. So we'll get you that info because that is a really important aspect because of what William brought up and the uh, the centering on the state of Georgia. Uh, which is interesting. Georgia is a wonderful state. It really is. And they've let the liberals in there and ruined it uh, to a large extent. But, boy, you used to have some good southern conservative type southern conservatism that we appreciate uh, down there. Roger. has a question. TB in the the, uh, chat. Go ahead and jump in. Okay. At least I'm going to stick you on the back burner because TB is trying to stick his hand up. That's what I was going to tell you, Roger. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. TB, come on forward here, bud or girl or whoever you are whichever gender you are if you know which gender you are step forward 
Well, I um, I asked him to unmute. <laughs> <laughs> TB, so, come on now. Quit being shy. Come on. How to unmute? Just uh, um, well, geez, I don't, um, I don't know. It depends on well, it depends on what computer or yeah, phone. Yeah, what device you're on. Well, come on, TB. We'd like to hear from you. Doesn't stand for Tampa Bay, does oh, okay. it? Okay, if you're on a computer, just hover your mouse over um, over uh, the screen, and you'll see a pop-up menu, and there'll be a microphone on the left-hand side of that menu. Just click on that as soon as the little... Yeah, on the bottom of the screen. By the yeah, on the bottom of the screen, there's a master control, too. That's the one I use. TB, have we got you all talked through this procedure yet? Because we'd like to speak with you. Damn, I wish we could unmute him. Hey, Roger, this is Judy again. Hey, Judy. Yes. I had the same problem with um, the first time, the only time that I got on with my computer. Yes. And I couldn't figure out how to do the mute or the mic or any of that. Yeah. It's down at the bottom. If you'll move your little cursor down the bottom, there should be several little icons that pop up. Uh, the one on the left is a microphone. If it's muted, it'll have a slash through it. And then there's a couple other different geometric figures, the chat and the you, different. You may need to even yeah. come back in because at the I, beginning you have to uh, block or allow. Okay. Yeah, you I, do. That's I right. Did and, okay. I, I can mute everyone. Roger, button, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Roger. So is that the you, Roger Judy? Roger Sales. Yes. The Roger Sales. Just trying to get some housework done. Let me go back outside so I better reception. Okay, is this TB? Are the we talking? Is it TB? No. Is this you? No, this is no. No, this is still Judy. Oh, okay. RogerSales.Chitango.com. Yes. It pulls it up, but then it's blank. Well, you're gonna have to talk to Murr so, about that. So am I doing it? Am I doing it correctly? Is it RogerSales.Chitango.com? That should be it. Correct, right, Murr? Yep, uh, no D in Roger. Yeah, no D in Roger. I know. Okay, R-O-G-E-R-S-A-Y-L-E-S dot C-H-A-T-E-N-G-O. You can also think of it as chat and go. I think that's your original attention. Yeah, attention, and I've we, got a white I've got a white screen. Uh, and dot com. Huh. This is on your phone? Yes. Oh, maybe I didn't know if it was on my end or if there's a glitch with the website the same icons pop up on your phone also no she's I talking about chitango you. right now not jitsi jeff okay. i used mers link and it works fine is that on the matrix doc no. mers link was in chat put it in the chat in the jitsi room here i guess uh, on, on can, can you oh, yeah can you bring you that up there i you... refreshed i refreshed it and now i've got a ton of information <clears throat> okay great okay, okay. Thank, thank you judy you. you're welcome hey roger it's randy while, while we're waiting for tb i wanted to let everyone know that i found a way for the insurance industry to actually stop legitimate businesses from being opened for human and sex trafficking so I got involved with an NGO who kind of gave me the runaround. I was talking to a retired sergeant in St. Louis who never, ever thought, oh, my God, we can actually do something with this. 
So we spoke for an hour. We came up with, he massaged my ideas and um, I'm waiting back and waiting back. And he says, oh, I have to wait and hear from my boss and see if it's okay. I said, I just need a five minute video. I already spoke to some very high level people at several different insurance companies. So I got really ticked and I decided that I was going to go to the governor and the attorney general in the state of Florida where I live. So I just sent them some messages and I'm waiting to hear back. And I think that we have a way to stem off the supply, not the demand, but the supply of doing this legally. Because if they can't get general liability and they want to rent out a space in a strip mall, they can't get that lease. And I heard from the Sarasota sheriff and he's like, you know, we're having a really hard time getting into these massage parlors and nail salons. And I thought to myself, wait a second. The insurance company can get in there. It's actually written into the contract where we can go and have a loss control uh, engineering before the quote, after the quote, any time of year we want. So we can help law enforcement. And I think what happened with this NGO was they thought this was a really great idea. And then they'd be like, well, maybe they won't need us anymore. So I think that's why they backed off. But I went to the governor and attorney General Moody in um, Florida, and I'll let you know back with that. But I think there's a lot of things we can do to stop uh, some of this stuff. Isn't I mean, the, obviously, go ahead, sorry. Isn't the AG out there a black guy? No, that's the health guy. Okay. I've seen him on Fox News or something interviewed. And I was, really good guy. Yeah, yes. he seemed like but, it. But I've called, I left messages, I sent emails, and I'm not, I'm not going to stop. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if I understand totally what you're talking about, but keep us informed because it sounds like a really interesting little niche way to attack some of this stuff. Well, a lot of these businesses are small, and small businesses kind of go through a black box process where you you check all the boxes and say what it is, and a policy pops out. There's nobody, no underwriter looking at it, and no one is flagging this because no one knows that, oh, massage parlors are an issue or nail salons or daycare centers or whatever it is. No one is focused on that. And as soon as I heard that they needed to get into a business, I was like, wait a second. So the guy I spoke to, this retired sergeant, he says, you know, in all the time I've been doing this, it's over 30 years, we never thought about this. How do you like that? I like that a lot. Good for you. We'll pursue it and keep us in the loop. And it sounds like you found a really unique little niche to attack, Randy. Thank you. Yeah. I will keep you in the loop. Okay. TD, did we ever get your mute off? He can't. He or she can't. He says that it's just not working. Trying another day, and I'm trying to find. Okay, well, we're sorry we couldn't communicate with you. But can we? Did someone just ask the? Did someone share what the question is? Yes. TV asked, "What was the difference between a national and uh, American state?" citizen well they're the same thing let me to address td that this is the reason that our i think that i've kind of been able to ascertain over all these years is this is one of the reasons looking back retroactively or retrospectively i guess the correct term i've understood that the reason i couldn't figure it out is the reason the whole community has been buffaloed and that is you know a minute ago when i took that very simple illustration there's only two statuses you're either free or you're a slave well, they they relabel those things. So they're taking a concept. This is the reason I preach, learn this stuff 
conceptually, learn how to teach it conceptually, the big pieces of the picture first, and then people can connect them easier because what happens here is they just change the damn label on it. In other words, I can take this national and they call it a national. They call it a non well, non citizen national is a different one that's used to cover it. They call it a non resident alien. They call it a territorial citizen in Title Eight, and they've got all these different labels for the same exact concept. So our people see the label and start chasing the word instead of understanding the concepts. And that's one thing that's become very apparent to me and the reason I've adjusted my teaching styles with this to get you all oriented on this big picture conceptual. There's only two. Almost everything here breaks down to an either-or situation because their whole program's built on dialectics. This is the foundational building block of their entire program. Everything they do is built on this model. And so once you understand that and you can go back and approach it that way, you, you can see things so much easier. Okay, But that's the reason, yes, as American national, state national, state citizen, uh, uh, all those things are the same thing, just a different label. That makes sense. I hope I got you there, TB. And I'm sorry you're having microphones problems. We'd like to have met you. Okay. TB says thanks for this great simple explanation. So U.S. national is equal to American state national. Exactly. You know, go back to the um, that very important document, seminal document, really, uh, the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality document on the State Department's policy website, and it says right there, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Well, there's your two statuses. They just label them different in other places to throw you off in confusion. They've done a great job. Our community sure has taken the bait, hook, line, and sinker the whole time I've been in it. No, it says this over here. No, it says that over there. You know, and they get you running through the code in all these different sections, and you can't make hiding or hair of it. And that's why we've never made any progress. Well, if it says that all uh, all U.S. citizens are u.s nationals yes okay the that's only- their statement not mine and it says not only do they make the statement paul they preface it with according to the immigration and naturalization act so it's in the legislation they're just referring to it and refining it to that statement okay hi roger yeah oh there's a new voice hello hi um, this is Linda from New Hampshire again. Oh, hey, Linda. Yeah, we spoke with you yesterday, I think. Yeah. How you doing, Linda? Uh, fine. How are you? Pretty good. Um, what confuses me about when they say all U.S. citizens are nationals, Couldn't shouldn't it be U.S. of A citizens? No, because a national is a U.S. of A citizen. This is another one of these label deals. Okay, so let me approach this differently, Linda. Are you a citizen of the United States, or are you a citizen of the United States of America? America. Well, see, that's the national, you know. Yeah. Oh, they're just, this is so tricky, and they have done such a good job of screwing people's minds up with this. That is, Roger, what I don't like about that document, because it doesn't say, it says, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. I'm not a U.S. anything. 
Well, so you, is- you uh, according to their nomenclature, you're a national. According, well, I guess, you know, they're interchangeable. Uh, you know, don't, don't major on the minors, Lisa. We got their asses. Don't, you know, exclude yourself from something just because you don't uh, feel uh, the old feelings are coming back. U.S. National is okay with me. I just want to be free and free of them, and I don't want to have any action with their administrative state, and it doesn't matter how they label it. But I always encourage people to just use the word national, period. Nope, don't put any adjectives in front of it. Our people always want to dress it up and change it and make it different. And I'm, a, I'm an American. I'm a state national. I'm an American state national. Man, you can just pile the adjectives on there. Uh, yep, and it's more important you know what you're not, and that's a U.S. citizen. That's exactly correct. There. Interesting uh, statement here from fellow Jitser. That's probably why the media is calling people white nationals. Well, could be. I, I I don't know that I've that hadn't struck me yet. I think maybe I have heard him call that, but uh, I'd love to get the media on our side helping us. Yeah, we got black nationals too, and 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 Puerto Rican, and all kinds of ethnicities. And Not you see, they call them nationalists. Okay, but these people that have gone through the naturalization process from other ethnicities they can qualify for this you see this is the door to freedom for everybody color ethnicity none of that makes any difference here roger Um, yes sir um, hold on let me finish with linda here first sammy go ahead linda um i was wondering if i go through this process to become a national which i'm going to do would I lose my Medicare? Shouldn't, no, uh, because of that statement. You see, they're all the same. Here's here's the background on this that you probably don't know, Linda, and understand. Have you heard us talk about Plessy versus Ferguson? I think I heard you say Plessy once, but... Plessy's a very important case. It's the case you've never heard any other Patriot researcher uh, uh, talk about because none of them understood what they're going on. They didn't understand the importance of it. Okay, quite frankly, Plessy was a case to try the Jim Crow laws at the Supreme Court in 1894. And I won't go over all the background of it. It's a fascinating case because Plessy was one tenth black. Oh, uh, yes, I remember you talking about that. I was saying, well, that came in and the, the Supreme Court decision was separate but equal. Okay, so, of course, the the equality they had was they both had a political status. This political statuses weren't the same, but they were a political status. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that separation is what they had to overcome to be able to pull this off. And the way they overcame Plessy was in 1954, right at the tail end of setting up their agenda, they got Brown versus Board of Education to the Supreme Court. And that was the busing centered around the busing issue, you may remember. And they uh, came back with the decision equal in the classroom, equal in the society. What they did was made it, made both of those conditions equal and got the inequality out of the picture so they could incorporate all of us under it. Okay, and now that's where they're asking the question. Why they ask you the leading question? Are you a citizen of the United States? See, they could have just as easily taken that Brown v. Board decision and used this thumbnail to identify the case as equal in the white country club, equal in the society. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. They skewed it to the black downside. 
okay? And now they only mm-hmm. ask you one half of the question. And there's the first immediate fraud is the lack of full disclosure. When they've asked you those questions your whole life, are you a citizen of the United States? They only ask you the leading question one side of it. There's no full disclosure. The full disclosure we now know was, are you a citizen of the United States or are you a national? Okay. Okay. So there's the first layer of fraud they're dealing with. And once you get past that, it's layer, 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 layer of fraud. Does that make sense um, to you? Well, it, yeah. No, here, let me add this. Um, let me add this because this is cherry on top. Okay. Once, 100 years later, when they got Brown v. Board passed, 60 days later, they couldn't wait longer than 60 days, Linda. And they put the 1954 revenue code in place, and that's the revenue code we're under today because everybody at that point was equal and they had the thing set up. So you see how they operate here? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was wondering, are there any other programs that one would lose, like, say, um, uh, senior citizens at a certain income don't have to pay property tax? See, you're thinking that you're – doing something and stepping outside and you are in a sense in the big sense but in the in their sense you're just moving from one status to the other that are equal so how can they come in there and do all that it would be clear-cut discrimination wouldn't it but do the local people know this stuff well no no they don't linda i mean hell just a few of us know it that's what we're trying to do is change that paradigm right there but let me see if i can reassure you this way okay i've been helping people i've got i've stumbled into this and understood it in one way shape form or another for 11 years now okay over a little bit never have i had one person report back to me any negative piece of blowback that's ever happened to them from doing this never not once and they don't know a lot of them we're having to educate a lot of those people that's for sure and the other thing i think is the federal government doesn't want to come and start messing with you because if they start messing with you, what they've opened up is a platform for you to come and air this information in some sort of a public platform, semi mm-hmm. or not, and they don't want this stuff out. Okay, We had one example of an affidavit that got into a courtroom setting because the moving party, the ex-wife and her parents, w- thought this guy was a sovereign citizen, bought into all that, and, and put all my information in a court filing on a child custody battle. Have you heard us talk about that before? No. All right. Well, that's what happened. I won't go into the long story. Guy in Huntsville, Alabama. And so because they even put my book in there, my name, his affidavit, all that was in there. This guy's a sovereign citizen. They were fighting over. He had medical rights to the child in their agreement, and they wanted to get it vaccinated, and he didn't want to get it vaccinated. So that's what they brought this up. Okay. So they go into court because the moving party put it in their paperwork he can reach over and grab it it's in the it's in the in the action already so he grabs his affidavit and starts reading it in the middle of the courtroom when he's on the stand and the judge says don't read that document in this court why cuz it exposes the fraud oh that's why they're not going to come after you 
one of them. They can't on one hand, and they don't want to because it gives somebody a chance to do that. So then he was able to keep... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have any idea what happened. happened. No, I don't. All I know is that happened. He pulled it out and the judge said, don't read that document in this courtroom. She couldn't keep that in her, you know, whatever she was arguing about. She had to let that go. Well, they, they, they were the moving party that brought the the actions and they submitted it. So it was in the court record. See? Yeah. That's why he could reach over. He couldn't reach over and grab it and probably bring it in. I don't know all the legal significance there, but it was there. They put it in. He grabbed it and read it, and the judge says, don't don't give us that info in the courtroom. The reason is it exposes their whole scam. Yeah. And the last place they wanted it exposed is in a courtroom. (laughs) I know. They're taking dictation of (laughs) you. <laughs> so anyway, that's the story on that. Samuel, did that get you taken care of, Linda? I, I think so. Thank okay, you. Okay, sweetie. Well, you come back if you got further questions. I'm going to defer over here to Mr. Samuel. Uh, free dumb, D-U-M-B. Come on front, front and center, Samuel. Yeah, I uh, thought I'd make a distinction. I, did the lady who showed um, some interest in a land patent, was she calling from uh, Georgia? Georgia, yes, she was. Judy. Oh. You know, land patents in the West are pretty much that's that's all covered, right? But in the East, you got to remember that land was owned prior to the land patent, prior to the Homestead Act. So some of that stuff is truly the separated out and elodial versus land patent. But and I think the easy way you would find this out is you do the normal steps for the land patent. And the first step is to get your physical meets and bounds from your property and then send that to the Bureau of Land Management and ask them for your patent number, what patent you come under. Uh And they're going to come back probably in some places in the east and say, well, there is no patent for that land. Didn't Ron Gibson say you could get a loyal title in any state in the union, though? Seems like I remember Ron saying that. Yeah, I'm just pointing out the difference, Roger, that okay. your, your, your land patents right. aren't going to necessarily right. be, especially in the east. Right. Yeah, but especially um, in one of the 13 original states like Georgia is. Judy, did you gather that? Yeah. What are meets and bounds? Meets and bounds is a surveying term. Yeah, okay. it's 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 we, east, we west, north, from there. usually from a meridian, um, which will be a high point like a mountain, um, and that they're would all be in our survey. Yes, yes, those are I your meeting bounds. Speak on this. Those are what you send. Uh, the meets and bounds are what you send to the Bureau of Land Management to find out where you lay in a land patent. Okay. Physically. Yeah, because, and then uh, asking them where you lay in a in a land patent, you're asking them for status, or you're asking to connect you back to the your the land patent was the way the land was originally conveyed. Is my understanding yeah, right? It, but maybe I'll give you a, a physical in, in uh, instance of in mine. Mine goes back to a 1,500 acre Spanish land grant. Okay, so I'm in that 1,500 acres. That's my land patent. 
It's uh, it's in the 3500s. It was issued by Benjamin Harrison. Now, that came from the Treaty of Haldago when we took over, I guess, uh, Texas, Arizona, California in that treaty. Um, mm-hmm. So, you, it, and it all, it, your meets and bounds are the old ways through survey of describing exactly where you sit on the earth. Okay. Yeah, Remember a minute ago, I would number. do what, Paul? When, when Daniel got the number for the original land patent covering the land that his land sits on, it was a parcel of like 93,000 acres. And then he had to figure out where exactly he sat in that. But getting the original patent number was the first step. That's critical. Let me, let me speak on that. Um, so I, I sent all my information after going to the coroner's office to get my meets and measurements or whatever. And uh, I called the Bureau of Land Management. Guy was very, very helpful, but he sent me the wrong one. And the reason I know, I wouldn't know, you could barely read it. And the reason I know is because that fine lady at the regi- at the recorder's office uh, took me from D to D to D to D to D to D to D all the way back to my original patent, and it wasn't the same one. But that's that's the only way you're going to know, is that the real patent, is when you get your deeds going back to... Gave it to the first guy. So, Judy, what you're probably going to want to do, Ron Gibson has written a book that I, I think he wants people, before he works with them, to order and read his book. You may want to avail yourself of that. It's going to have all this information in there where you can read it, study it, think about it, etc. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. We're right at the end of the show, kiddies. So uh, imagine Jim Ram is sitting there ready to take over, and we're about ready to get kicked off here with the whistler in a minute. But did anybody have anything they wanted to bring up last minute here? I'm going to take that as a no. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the day. There's an awful lot of interesting things going on, and uh, – I think we covered a lot of most of the stuff I had on my plate today to talk about. So uh, uh, other than that, I guess we'll just see you tomorrow and uh, same time, same thing. And if you got your questions or anything, it's the forum to get them answered in. Just like Matt today, Matt, uh, I think we addressed his question that I didn't have an answer for. I don't know anything about workman's comp. Uh, especially and specifically there in Tennessee in his situation. But I thought we got him a good track to ride on. And thanks, Randy, for uh, your contributions and uh, uh, all those kind of things. And that's the value of this forum is that right there is a good example of it. So, Jimbo, you there, man? Yes, I am. And there's uh, good. There's the whistler. I hear him. He's toned down today a little bit. So you got anything particular on the agenda? Did you see Mike Adams yesterday? Uh, are you talking about the um, clots? Yes. Yeah, I saw some. Well, actually, I heard some of it. I didn't get a chance to see it. Man, it's like freaky. Okay. Uh, freaky. These I can't remember. Amyloids or whatever. Murr, come in and tell us what they are. But uh, there's a name for them because Rince and, and, and Erica have been talking about it and identifying them. But they did not on the Adams thing. And I was kind of surprised a little bit, actually. There's actually, there's a Polish scientist, um, Zulinski, and two years ago, he brought this forth, what was going to occur. And Ruby, Dr. Ruby, she, Uh because I contacted her. Oh, good. She had reached out to him. And after that other guy got, something happened to him. Yeah, he got off. 
anyway, um, regarding the graphene oxide. Right. Um, hydroxide, hydroxide. Anyway, he's gone silent on this topic, but he has an excellent video and it's called The Thing. So okay. if you put Polish scientist, The Thing, you can see what he put out two years ago. And it was Dr. Ruby who saw that and she told me she broke the news to the American public. Um, through her radio program on his per his video, right? But he's gone silent since then. But it, it's an excellent video to watch. Well, 